Okay. Yeah, that's that was good. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Well, good time of worshiping the Lord. It's good to be in Him. Let me just start out by, by reading this little saying. I thought it was good. I thought I'd memorize it or get it down, but I, I said, asked uh, Caleb to go get it for me because I couldn't quite say it right. The secret of a Christian is that the supernatural is made natural in him by the grace of God. And he's, I'm just going to read the whole thing. And he, and he, and the experience of this, and the experience of this works out in the practical details of his life, not just in the times of communion with God. Now, like I said, I had to read. Usually, have to read those things a lot of times, but we'll be talking about it. But he's talking about the, the, you know, the experience of being in the Lord. The supernatural. Because a lot of us, you know, I mean, I want to, I want to see the supernatural. And I believe there's a place to really see God's hand outstretched. The, the right hand power of God. Where we see, you know, in the life of Jesus, miracles and signs and wonders. But the reality of what God's doing is, is actually greater than that. And he says, the supernatural is made natural by Him, in Him, by the grace of God. And I thought that the next part of it, that the experience of this works out in practical details of our life, not just in the times we're having communion with God. A lot of times we just think like we've got to have these special times with the Lord. And that's, that's, pro- you know, that's probably a right thing to have. But the more true reality is God is working in us all the time. And most of the time we're not aware of that. And the Bible talks about the weakness of God is stronger than the strength of men. And God's wisdom is greater than man can even conceive of. And we're all, you know, man on, on a general sense is always trying to get to these special experiences. We talk about inspiration and, you know, we're looking for feelings. And I was, I, 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 you know, you watch the little children and everything to them is new. You know, everything is new. And, you know, kind of we, we look at that and go, wow, I wish that could be that way for us. Well, it's not going to be. We'd like to get up here and say, you know, it all can be new again. It won't. And there's a reason that that God is at work in us. But again, the Bible talks about putting off childish lusts, childish desires. When I was a child, we spoke as a child. We thought as a child. But there's a time that, and God seems to have this in His will and His desire and His plan, is that we grow up. Wouldn't it be nice to stay a little child? Well, and that's the exhortation the Bible really gives us. We need to keep our souls and our spirit reined in, not to lose that, that, that relationship with the Lord of, of exercising that faith. But it's never going to be that same feeling. And you know, when you're a little child, I was thinking, again, spiritually and, and physically, I, I was thinking about this this morning. You know, when you're a little child, you don't know when you're dirty. You don't know when you need to take a bath. Somebody else does it for you. You know, and sometimes when we, we're, we're young in the Lord or we're just young and, you know, all these things are getting done for us. But when you grow up, it, the responsibility is put on you. No one's making me take a shower. No one's making me do these things. But there should be something put in us. The Bible says, raise a child in the way he shall go. And when he's old, he shouldn't depart from it. There's things that are going to go on in our lives that, yeah, well, you know, when you were young, people took care of you. People did things for you. And now as we're growing up, God wants us to come into a relationship with Him 
that's, but that's, that's by faith. And it's not just in those special moments of communion. We've been talking about, you know, we need to be serving the Lord. He works in us continually. But there's times that He's not in our conscious thoughts or He is in a bad way or something. And what, 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 you know, what, what this is saying is the supernatural is God is at work in us continually in all the things that we would think He's not involved in. And most of the time as God works in our life, you know, the stories in the Bible, people were not aware that it was God. And there comes God, the Holy Spirit, is working in our life to form Christ in us. To have His purpose worked in us. And many times, the things that come... You know, the problem with the Lord is, is when He shows up, He doesn't blow a trumpet. That's what the Pharisees did. He said, you know, Jesus said, when, when you do something, don't blow a trumpet and say, hey, I'm doing it. And, and a lot of times, we're looking for the fanfare. and We say, oh, well, if I knew it was God, then I would respond differently. But as we start walking with Him, we have the Word guiding our paths. The Bible talks about that the Word is a light unto my path. We can start like discerning the Lord working in our lives. But there comes these times that God brings us to. He brings us to these places in our lives. I don't know, maybe they're critical times, very important times, crossroads in our lives that He wants to form something in us. And at those times, if by faith, if we don't grab those, we can actually miss out on a tremendous move that God wants to do. But they're not going to appear like what we would think the Lord is. And so you have, you know, you have Joseph. I mean, you know, he, has, he gets a vision from God. And the vision was true. The dream was true. But he interprets it incorrectly in his youth and in his inexperience. Later on, he's going to learn to interpret dreams by what God's saying. But right now, there's this kind of like, he knows kind of the right thing, but his soul is still in charge. And he thinks it's all about him. But he knows God is going to move in his life, but here his brothers sell him into slavery. He's thrown into a pit. He's sold into slavery. He's thrown in jail. And those were crucial crossroads in his life. Now, I'm sure he had to deal with bitterness and anger, but he made the right general move. It didn't seem like God but he understood God was at work. And it's in those natural things that are going on, God is working supernaturally, not just in those high times. And we think, oh boy, couldn't it always be like that? No. God has got a great purpose. Lot and Abraham. Lot is brought to a crossroads in his life. And he looks out and he makes a wrong decision. A decision just based on his own self, not on principle, not on faith, not on a relationship with God. A, a, a calculated decision, a shrewd decision, a business decision. And the end of his life is ruined. Didn't seem like a bad thing, but there's a greater purpose working in our lives. Peter, over and over again, we see in Paul, men of God, Ruth, crossroads that didn't seem to be crossroads. We need to recognize the supernatural God is ordering our steps and working in our lives to do His great supernatural work. And our work is to bring the supernatural God, the mystical God, the God that raised from the dead into our consciousness that we can start to walk with Him. Not just on His end that He's doing a great supernatural work. Because we can actually have God working in us and like Lot, go astray. But there comes a, a, a co-laboring together, the Bible talks about, 
of being renewed in our minds to walk with Him and start recognizing God working. Because, I mean, Gideon was talked about this morning. Gideon's just going along. And, actually, and, and sometimes God actually shows up. And even when God shows up, the response is, it's kind of like we're not talking to the Lord. I mean, Balaam was talked about this morning. He's talking to the angel of the Lord and kind of complaining. We would think that if God showed up, we wouldn't complain. Moses does the same thing. I don't want to go. Send somebody else. Crossroads in his life. Moses came to a crossroad in his life. At some point in his life, he refused to be called the child of Pharaoh's daughter. He made a decision that ultimately changed his life. Forty years later, some forty years later, God shows up. But how does God show up? It's not in this kind of weird way. Well, it is kind of weird, but the reaction of when God shows up is kind of like different than what we might think of. Gideon, the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon and, and prophesies to Gideon, gives him this great picture of faith and calling in his life. And what does Gideon do? I don't believe it. I don't think you're really working here. So we need not to deceive ourselves into these grandiose things, but God is working in our lives here in this earth. And in so much, instead of us wanting to be like elevated into this kind of this, the high places. The Bible warns us about going into high places. In the, New, in the Old Testament, it's forbidden to worship in the high places. It was forbidden to build high temples or high altars. And there's a reason, because we don't want it, every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. And sometimes we don't want to be brought low to really meet the Lord. But for God so loved the world that He sent His only Son where? Into the world. And this was, I, I, I think, the same I was reading, you know, and, and especially this time of season, you hear this. Stuff. And you'll see a child, you'll go to a manger, a barn, place where cows are, animals, and you will see a child wrapped in rags, swaddling clothes, you know. That's the Lord? Wait a minute. Oh. You're going to see Jesus eating with sinners, talking with sinners, having to deal in this world. And when we're going to look at him, we're not, going to, we're not going to think it was the Lord because our minds haven't been renewed. God comes to earth and he comes into our lives and he wants us to be, have our minds transformed to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there are some things going on in your life now that you're growing up. There might be some natural things going on, some things that seem like, oh, you know, wow. Well... The Lord is working supernaturally in our lives. Now He's called us to agree with Him, walk with Him in those things. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know, there's something more in there. Yeah. It's working out the practical details in our life, not just in those special times of communion. So let's turn our Bibles to, to Romans chapter 10. Yeah, there's crossroads in our lives that. God is bringing us to to where we can actually acknowledge God working in our life. doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be extremely happy or extremely like, oh yeah, I see it's the Lord. But there comes a place to where Joseph, through all those things, seems to make right decisions. Moses seems to make right decisions, even though it seems to be personally costly to them. On, on the other hand, Lot doesn't quite grasp it. Judah does, Judas doesn't quite grasp it. This is what the old saying is, you know, to obey God, we have to first disobey ourselves. And that's a work that we have to, we have to work at. 
mom and dad aren't going to come and make you do that anymore. They're not going to take, change your diapers. They're not going to feed you. They're not going to, you know, give you a shower. It's time now that we have to choose to dis- disobey ourselves. And that's what Jesus said. If you want to come after me, learn to disobey yourself. You know, his, we've sang that song this morning, just last song. You know, his very, his very word spoken to me. Well, there's a reason it's spoken to us. It's to have effect in our life, and it's supposed to be changing us. So I want us to begin to look, well, not begin to look, but hopefully finish up looking at it, at least at this time, you know, of, of letting that, the Word of God work in us, you know, and actually begin to practice the Word of God. Practice means practice. You do it whether you like to or not. You do it whether you want to or not. There's certain things you just have to do. I know there's a bad word. We hardly ever hear it anymore. It's your duty to do it. See, there's certain things that we have been given a duty as Christians. As people of God, we have been given a calling, duty, a charge. Hands have been laid on us, in a sense, to be put into the priesthood of God. We have a duty. Yeah, Moses, we don't, we don't like that word because it means you do it whether you want to or not. Whether you're appreciated or not. Whether it's good or not. I have a duty to do. And Jesus had a duty to perform. And He became man and dwelt among us. And He dwelt in all the common circumstances. And, and that's this is what, what, what God said to Peter when Peter didn't want to eat what God showed him to eat. He said, what God has called holy, sanctified, don't call common or unclean. Have you had any common or unclean clean things going on in your life this week? Maybe some things you despised, you hated, didn't want to go through. Maybe you were like Gideon, God saying, I've got a call on your life, I've got a purpose in your life, and you're going, yeah, but why then is this going on? Why then is this going on? Well, because I am working in your life. I'm bringing you to a crosswords. And whether you understand it or see it or not, it is me at work. Our duty, our work, is to agree with Him and begin to practice the Word of God. Amen. Yeah, His living Word. What's that? Working? Spoken to me. So we need to take the Word and practice it. You know, I mean, we, you know, Jim used to preach that a lot. It was something that really began in, in, in my life. Something that... And I think it's something, again, as, as we've grown up, we kind of expected maybe somebody else was going to do that for me. But now it's time to practice the Word. So in Romans chapter 10, verse 8, But what saith it? The Word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. The Word of faith which we preach. There's something that God has put in our hearts. There's something that God has put in our mind. He's given us a new spirit. We've not given the spirit of fear, but we've been given the spirit of of power and of a sound mind. We've been given a spirit that we are now called the children of God. And it doesn't yet appear what we shall be. It may actually appear a little different. But we have the word, it's close to us. Well, we have a couple words that could be close to us. We have the word of unbelief, or the natural word. But in order to move into what God has for us to be the spiritual word, we have to sacrifice the natural. You can't have both of them coming out. Ishmael has to be sacrificed before Isaac can be offered. There has to come a place to where, you know what? I refuse to be called the child of Pharaoh's daughter. 
I refuse to give place to that anymore. And then God is going to begin to work. Now, if Moses never took that, came to that, came to that crossroads and actually made the decision to put something down, to physically say, no, I'm not going to do that and take the consequences of that, would not have seen Moses go on to hear from God. Just like Lot would not go on to hear from God. Actually, his life would be ruined. He's going, well, why is that? I'm practicing all these right principles and seem to be making shrewd decisions. You missed something critical in your life. Joseph did not miss it, even though it was somewhat forced on him. As many times circumstances are forced on us, we can choose to either let God mold us or we can escape from those things and never have God formed in us. We continually, like Saul or Paul, fight against God working in our life. So there's something close to us. The Word even in our mouth. It's right there. But sometimes it's hard to get it out. Something else seems to beat it out. Ishmael beats it out. I don't see Well, I'm going to have to make a statement of faith. I refuse to be called Pharaoh's daughter, son of Pharaoh's daughter. But if you will confess, here's something you can do. Because God is working in the common things. But we're not supposed to be calling them common or unclean. Everything that's working in our life is sanctified. God is working in a baby in a manger. God is working on the cross. God is working in the dirty streets of Jerusalem. God is working when the Pharisees are spitting at you. God is working when it seems like you're just doing nothing. God is at work in you. Do you believe that? The word of faith is nice because we're not given, given the spirit of fear and timidity. The spirit of fear says it ain't working. The spirit of fear and timidity, unbelief says I can't see it. But there's another word that's been given to us. It's not from you. It's the word of faith that we, we heard and preached. But if we will confess with our mouth, if we will leave in our hearts, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. With the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Yet comes a place that we start speaking, and the words that we speak start forming some things. Faith comes by hearing. Later on in that verse, it talks about that. We've talked about in 2 Corinthians as a great warfare that goes on in us and we're to bring every thought into obedience. There's a warfare that goes on. We're to bring every thought into obedience. Philippians talks about what we should be thinking on. Think on these things. It's a battle. It's a continual battle that goes on. But we're, we have been made more than overcomers through Jesus Christ. Bible talks about in Proverbs 4.23 to keep our hearts with all diligence because out of it proceeds the issues of life. If you're thinking about, well, how can I get ahead? And you might end up like Lot. But we understand we have a purpose and what can a man give in return for his soul? If he gains the whole world and has his own thing going on, we understand that those things are just transitory. They're actually against God. That's why Bible talks about if, you, if you're attracted by the king's dainties. If you have too much attachments, if things, other things are pulling you, put a knife to your throat. Get rid of those things. The eye should be single on what God has. And it's, it's a constant battle. See, and that's, that's, that's the problem. It's just the warfare never ends because the old nature, the sin nature, is still alive in this body. Now, we're to be reckoned dead indeed unto sin. I have to make a reckoning. Wait a minute. That old man has to be baptized again. That old man has to be put down again. And I need to confess some things. I need, it's near us in our mouth. Or 
we could reason. See, faith is not reason. Walking with the Lord is not reason. It's faith. See, there is a, there is a God in Israel. There is a Savior, and His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are, we are the people that have been redeemed by the Lord. But it's easy to get, you know, it's easy to get that hammered out every day. Because it seems like, wow, nothing's changed. Manna again? Well, what's the deal here? Same old, same old. Well, we're going to get into that later on in months to come. But let's turn to Psalms chapter 1. So the Bible talks about what, how, how, sh- how should we think. Think on these things. Bring every thought into captivity. If not, I might end up in some funny places. I might end up thinking on some other things. I might be like some of the, the, the people that work with Paul the Apostle, return to this present world. I don't know if they totally backslid, but they just took on the mindset. Just They just don't want to fight. It's easier to hide the wheat than to actually serve God. It's easier to... Well, we're not given the spirit of fear. We're given the spirit of boldness. Wherefore, therefore, we've heard, therefore we speak. Now, in the speaking, in keeping our hearts, it's going to produce the blessing of God. Psalms 1. We, we know this probably pretty well, but I want to start looking at the things that God instructs us on what to think about. See, because what... See, most of the time we're alone with the Lord. We're alone with ourselves. And the only thing we, we have is our thoughts. See, are we really walking with the Lord? What are we meditating on? If we're not keeping our hearts, what's going to come out of, what's going to come out of it? The Bible warns us, keeping our hearts with all diligence. James warns us about how to speak, how to talk. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now that, you know, he gives us there. But but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law of the Lord does he meditate day and night. Instruction. Tells us what not to do. Not to walk here, but what do you do? Well, we start meditating, thinking on the law of the Lord. And in his law, does he meditate day and night? There comes some stuff with that. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in its season. Its leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Wow, there's a promise. So let's start meditating on the Word of God. What's it saying? I know, Gideon, what it looks like. But this is what you start thinking on. And the blessing of God will overtake you. Psalms 63. Meditating on. Bringing every thought into obedience. Constant work. 63. Verse 6. When I remember... my in Verse 5. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. There's a, faith, there's a faith picture. There's something we could, you know. Now, a lot of us are waiting for inspiration. A lot of us are waiting to do, you know, to feel that before we do it. But the Word of God, which we should be meditating on, says you've grown up. After you do the will of God, you receive the promises. And now He's wanting to, to, to have that hope that works in us produce faith that actually starts practicing the Word of God whether it appears that way or not. 
And I will, I, when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on in the night watches. Now, again, what are you doing when, you know, when you're spacing out the night time? You know, well, we should be meditating about the Lord. You know, bringing some things to remembrance in our lives about how good God is. Again, it would be near us in our mouth. It would have to be by faith because there might be another voice rising up. There might be a voice that's rising up against the Word of God. There might be a voice in you saying, well, I don't see it, and yeah, what about if God really was working? How come He is and she isn't? Now, put that, kill Ishmael. See, kill Ishmael. I'm no longer Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's son. I'm no longer the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I could choose to believe that and have a lot of, you know, it could go easier. Or we could believe the Gospel, take up the cross. Yeah and start meditating. Washing of the water by the Word. Oh, wait a minute. See, the problem is, is when I get saved, again, they, you know, I'm, I'm renewed, I'm justified by God, but my soul nature, my old nature, is relatively unchanged. See, it's relatively unchanged. And that's the part where we consciously start walking with the Lord. It's the part that's meant to express God. And in our soul is our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings, knowledge, things like that. And that's really... The battle is between our soul and our spirit. Hebrews talks about having the Word of God. If we meditate on the Word, we can actually be able to discern between our soul and our spirit. And that is a work. 77. Psalm 77. 77, 11. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy works and talk of all thy doings. There's a link between what you think about and what you're talking about. I'm going to start thinking about the good things of God. I'm going to start meditating on the good things of God. And guess what? I might actually start talking about the good things of God instead of murmuring and complaining, grumbling and being unthankful. Whoa, what have you been thinking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the, the, the Word of God and the vision of God, if we take it in the flesh, we could end up being like Gideon. Gideon is not like he didn't know the Lord. His basic complaint against God was, I knew you. I hear all these stories, not mixed with faith. See, the Word of God not mixed with faith is going to be like the law. It's going to kill you. It's going to destroy you. You're going to go, oh yeah, but I don't see it. I don't feel it. That's right. Because God isn't living in that realm. He's coming here. Here is the, we talk about Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus is not reality TV. Jesus is not the Chinese smorgasbord. Jesus is not whatever it could be. Here He is, right here. This is more precious than life. Your loving kindness is better than life. The redeemed, let the redeemed say so. Because we understand that this is death. The world is death. Without Christ, we're living in death. We're here because Jesus Christ redeemed us, opened the eyes of our understanding, and has given us everlasting life. And we've entered into warfare to say, this is reality, that's not. My, this word is more precious to me, David said, than my daily food. Amen. It's more real. The thing we understand, Hebrews says, the things that we see are made up of things that don't appear. Amen. 
We understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. And God is now giving us the key, saying, will you use this? No, I want someone. Exercise some faith. Job exercised. He came to a crossroad. God brought him to a crossroad. And in that, he spoke the Word of God. Jesus, when he was tempted, after he had fasted 40 days, was tempted. His meditation and answer was the Word of God. That sprung him into what he had to do. He was at a crossroads. There's going to come crossroads in your life. And the, the, the deal is, like I said, it's not a commercial. Wait a minute. God's moving. Get ready. You are now going to be tested. And if you answer this way and this way, you'll move on with God. It's going to come in a way you don't expect. It's going to come with a baby in a manger. It's going to come... You know, having to offer up Ishmael. It's going to come with a tree in the middle of the garden. It's going to come on denying the Lord in all these things. Lord, help me. But if I'm meditating on the Word of God, see, I might be prepared to give an answer. Yeah. Psalms, uh, let's go to Psalms 19. Let's see what Psalms 19 says. This, I'm just touching on a few. Psalms 19. Oh, this is a good one. This should condemn you. If, if, you, don't, if you don't get it by faith, you, you might be condemned. Because sometimes my meditation and the words of my mouth have not been you know, pleasing in the Lord's sight. But hope deferred makes the heart sick. Sometimes we can just make ourselves sick by not practicing the Word. Well, I haven't done it, so what's the point of starting? Well, because God could move. You know, his, his, we think His mercies endure forever. His forgiveness is everlasting. You could actually start today. <laughs> yeah, Peter, I know what you did, but you could still, you know, I'm going to send you out. Hey, you know what? Like Jim came, came to the end of himself. Repentance, remember, is being totally hopeless. God was able to restore everything. Oh. Great. We might be able to, we might actually lose hope in ourselves and say, Lord, I have to trust you. Help me, Jesus. I'll practice your word. We just have too much confidence in ourselves. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. There's something he's praying. Lord, let, what am I thinking about? Am I thinking about that which is good, that which is wholesome, that which is pleasant, that which is thankful, that which is about the kingdom? Or, and a lot of times, you ever read, you ever read in, the, in, the, in the Gospels, and it says, and Jesus knew their thoughts. <laughs> they really weren't that good a lot of times. They, you know, jealous, anger, maliciousness. Lord, cleanse me of those things. They don't want to dwell there. See, I'd rather, what's it say? We sang that song today. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand. Have you been someplace a thousand? Well, just one day. Just give me one minute of meditating with you. It, you know, it might produce something. I don't want to wander in the desert. Psalms uh, 104. I'm trying to go in order here. Meditation. Thinking on. Dwelling on. Hiding some things in your heart. We talked about that. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? But by giving heed to your word. You know, I've hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Like I said, see, we could, there's crossroads. And if we take the word of God and put it in our heart, at those times the word of God will keep you, Joseph. 
Yeah, you were arrogant. Yeah, you were proud. Yeah, you thought you had it all together. My word is going to keep you. It's going to direct you. Psalms 104. 34. And 33. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. That's a good thing. You know, we don't sing enough. I didn't hear anything. Amen. Yeah. See, we're talking about, the, you know, and the Psalms is all about singing. It's, it's songs, actually. Sing unto the Lord a new song. See, our mouths, the devil wants our mouth to be silent. And if it's not silent, it'd be better than it's just, it's, it's throwing out garbage. Not, you know, it's not singing the praises of the Lord. And again, you know, there'll be a whole other teaching on this, singing praises unto the Lord. The Lord is my song. You know, it's really hard to be miserable when you're singing. I don't care what you're singing. Music has some power. Do you know who invented music? It wasn't Led Zeppelin. It wasn't the devil. God. God did. And that's why, you know, that... Yeah, anyway, we don't want to get off on that. But sing, sing unto the Lord a new song. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. He's making a faith statement there. How many people, when I'm saying, I don't feel like singing to the Lord. I mean, there's a, there's a rebellion in us. I'm just preaching it, and my soul's going, I don't want to do that. I won't do that. He better give me a reason. He better offer him, get rid of Ishmael. Here it goes. Meditate on this. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. That's why I think it's good to have a lot of songs. Start singing. Get it to be a habit. Because pretty soon, your spirit might take over and actually trick your soul. And say, oh, wow, I've come along. I didn't realize I was doing that. I will sing unto the Lord a new song, a, a song as long as I live. I will sing praise unto God while I have my being. It's a good thing to do it while you have your being, because dead men can't praise the Lord. Did you know that actually says that? You can't. People came from the grave can't praise the Lord. I mean, yeah. Anyway, my meditation of Him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. Oh, just rises up. Sometimes my meditation isn't sweet. That's where'd you get that from? Not from here. Which one are you going to believe? See, we have a choice. Uh, wait a minute, soul. Your meditation will be glad. Ah! There's a fight going on. Most of the time, it's not really against the devil. It's against you. It's against your soul. It's against your emotions, your will. You have a will other than God's. God says, praise me continually. I don't want to. I don't have to. I'm bummed out. I don't want to be a hypocrite. That's not what he's asking. Jesus is the Word of God. Let's practice it. Yeah, it's called practicing the Word. Psalms 119. He's got a lot in 119 about what we should be thinking on. Psalms 119, verse uh, 15. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto your ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes and I will not forget your word. Wow, what's he thinking about? Well, he's, he's, he's programming his life for success, if I can use that word. You know, he's read Psalms, he's, he read Psalms 1 because he wrote it. You know, his meditation is on the Lord. I will have precepts. I will meditate on your precepts and have respect unto your ways. Have you noticed that the things that have come up in your life tend to move you away from thinking about God. They tend to touch your emotions, jealousy, anger, bitterness, wrath, hatred. Those things are not from the Lord. Did you know that? No matter how justified you are. Sometimes I don't think we know that. I think sometimes we think we're really justified in being bitter, angry, 
unthankful. How many times you have had a Gideon talk with the Lord? Oh, yeah, well, I would serve you, but I'm not happy. Well, your soul's out of line. See, your soul has just not been transformed in Romans 12. Let your mind be transformed. Let your life be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It hasn't been transformed. It's a continual transformation process. And guess what? It's never going to be transformed where you can stop. Paul says, I, I haven't attained. I'm pressing on. While we're here in this world, there's going to be a continual warfare. Hallelujah. Got to, better get, you know. I don't know. You don't have to get excited about it, but please prepare for it. Put on the armor. Or we'll be, you know, the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour, trying to make our holy life common and unclean. No, it's not. You just, what, it's a sign. You haven't been meditating on the Word. You haven't been singing a new song under the Lord. Someone else has taken over control of your life. Uh, 119.23 Princes also did sit and speak against me. You ever been in a bad situation? Princes speaking against you? I remember, I mean, you know, when we, when we lived in Turkey, it was, it was a little more obvious. My, my name was like a curse word. I would hear people speaking, in, you know, there goes the owner of the hotel. He's Armenian. And then all kinds of things were going on. You know, and that could, you know, and even when I say that, it could sound really romantic to people who haven't been through that. But you have some situations where maybe princes, princes and powers of the air, uh, kingdoms, rulers, maybe emotions are speaking to you, maybe lying to you against the Word of God. And they, they I mean, it looks real. It looks real. Princes did also sit and speak against me, but your servant did meditate in your statutes. David said one place, the you know, thousand fall at my right hand, the ten thousand at my right, left hand, or whatever it is, won't come near unto me. There's things going on, but the Word of God has to be more sure in our life, more sure than our necessary food. Are we meditating on that? Let's see, no one else is going to do that for you. It's not going to just happen. You're going to have to get in the shower. You're going to have to do the washing. You're going to have to say, wait a minute, soul. Well, we'll get to that part. Psalms 119. Was that 23? Yeah. Okay, let's go to 148. Yeah, there's so many verses in Psalms 19 because there's a lot to think about. I prevented, in verse 143, the dawning of the morning, and I cried. I hoped in thy word. Mine eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in your word. Things going on in his life. The man's got some trouble going on. He's not sleeping real well. Well, he's saying, I'm still going to hope in your word. You know, and all that stuff. You ever have sleepless nights where your mind just starts to wander and go crazy and think bad things and everything? Well, bring it into subjection. Start meditating on the word. Start singing a new song to the Lord. Yeah, Psalms... And then, did we read Psalm uh, 119.97? What does 119.97 say? Yeah. Oh, how love I thy law. I meditate day and night. Now, if you're waiting to fall in love before you do it, don't. Because the word of faith is nigh us. These things are a faith confession. We're not motivated by feeling. We're motivated by the Spirit of God working in our lives, saying, here is the truth. David is saying, I love your law. I'm going to meditate in it day and night. 
Now, there's going to become times that you're going to say, oh, I love that law, I'm just going to meditate in it. That's okay. You have a, what's the word? Nope. 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 What do you have? We've been, we, nope, nope, nope. We've been, we have a calling. God has called us, and so what do we have? We have a, a duty. We have a duty to do. We have a duty to love God. That is a law. Do you know it's a law to love God? It's not just a nice thing or because you're so good and you feel like loving God. It is the first commandment to love God. You have a duty to love God. When I don't feel like it, it's your duty. Do it. And guess what? In the doing of it, something might happen, Gideon. Something might change. Your confession and your life might line up to what God has in line for you. Even though it wouldn't be up to you, you wouldn't be able to do it. But Gideon, at the end, starts speaking like God. Did you notice that? He says, this is the, this, let's go do it. He gives the commandment. He starts thinking about some stuff. But the problem is we've got emotions. We have a soul that wants to think on other things than the precepts of God. We have a soul that wants to figure things out and wants to blame, wants to accuse, wants to be self-justified. But Christ has crucified that old nature. And we need to crucify that nature with Him. We need to be joint heirs with Him. We need to be laborers together. And like God is working in the, His supernatural being in the natural stuff of our life. And that's where we need to come and meet Him and start meditating right there. Remember those two points? Here we got the supernatural and the natural right there, the Son of God. All man, all God, and where they meet. What comes out, remember? A new creation, nylon. There's going to come a new creation. Now, if sometimes if they don't really meet well, we get yuck. See, God, when God shows up, something is produced. Either you have people that come to a repentance and a brokenness, or they come to know God and they become unthankful. And we actually become bitter at God. The children of Israel became bitter at God. The warning in the Scriptures, be not bitter against God as, you, as things go on. Because we find that God is moving. And unless we move with Him and we break with Him and we adapt His mindset, instead of nylon, a new creation coming out, we'll have mud and yuck. And it'll all seem really right. It'll seem to make sense. Gideon's, Gideon's reasoning is very good. Satan's reasoning is all very logical. The only thing is, it's wrong. There's a way that seems right unto a man. That's why in order to meditate on God's Word and to speak God's Word, the first thing that has to be sacrificed is our will. To obey God, I must disobey myself. And that's a sacrifice that's acceptable to God. So, in Psalms 43... This is something I, I don't know how much we've talked about it in recent times, but it's a powerful truth. David here, now in, in these, this segment of Psalms, he's going through some tremendous pressures in his life. And he can be like many of us that get pushed and torn and come up with different thoughts and thoughts rise against us. <coughs> but Psalms... 43, verse 5. Now, he takes a little different tone here. He says, 
Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Now, who is he talking to there? He's not talking to God. See, now, we need to understand that. See, sometimes we try to, like, do all these things. He's not talking to God here. He's now talking to this entity, this being, this part of himself called what we call the soul. Now, remember, where does the soul come from? No. Go back to the beginning. Pedesh. Book of, book of Genesis. Where does the soul come from? Now, almost. Okay, we just went through the whole new creation. Nylon. Come on. Okay, where does the soul come from? Does an animal have a soul? Why not? Aha! Aha! Smart group here. Okay, and God made man out of the dirt of the, earth, uh, the, dirt of the world, right? And God breathed spirit into the man. And what happened? He became a living... The soul comes from the spirit of God and the body. And in there is a new creation. Now, the same thing when Christ comes into us. We're flesh. The Holy Spirit comes in. A new creation is born. Our spirit is born again. But the soul, the man has a soul that is unique in that the spirit and the flesh and in there is a soul. See, because you can have, I don't know, have you ever been so laid up that you can't move? Your body is just, but you're still thinking, you can be doing all kinds of things. Your soul is the emotions and all these things. And so David here now is going to speak to his soul, having to instruct our soul. Our souls and the natural man can never know God in the sense of, oh yes, I just obey. It has, it's a continual teaching. It's a continual reminding. Our souls are continually forgetful. We're forgetful beings. James talks about that. We're like, oh yes, okay, I believe the Word of God. We look in the mirror and go, oh yeah, that's really ugly. I think I'll fix that. And we go away and we forget about it. Peter talks about, I know you know these things, but I need to remind you. Because that idea comes from us being a soul, and the soul has to be reminded. It is not holy in itself. It's natural in itself. It seeks its own things. It does not naturally serve God or want to serve God. So David here, under some pressure now, he's realizing that he's bummed out. That's what cast down means. Have you ever been cast down? Well, he's going to say, why are you cast down? See, it's not, not bad to be cast down, but it's good to know you are cast down and you don't have a right to be cast down. So he's going to, now from meditating on the Word of God, he's hiding the Word of God in his heart. He understands that God is directing his steps. God is moving in his life. There's going to come circumstances, crossroads that are brought to him, and his soul is going to want to like do something else, and he's now going to have to bring that soul back. That's why James talks about this, uh, to rein in your tongue, rein in your emotions, rein in those things. Not everything that comes in our life or in our thoughts or in our emotions, even if they're good, like Lot would go, wow, that's really good. Oh, you have a duty and a calling that would, by, by its nature, say, no, I will not choose that. There are certain things I will do. See, because when you're bummed out, when you're bummed out and you're mad and you're bitter and you're unthankful, don't you feel you have a right for that? Don't you feel you could write a great thesis on that and you'd get an A+. Well, you're wrong. 
And that's what I have to tell my soul. Why are you cast down? I have to have these conversations with myself. Now, I know you all have conversations with yourself. But many times it doesn't involve the Word of God. Many times your devil is just talking with you. And you go, oh yeah, that sounds pretty right. I really, man, I'm really treated like dirt here. I'm going to show somebody. Yeah, I think I've got a... No, no, that would be the wrong thing. Soul, why are you bummed out? And why are you murmuring and despising and all this kind of stuff? Now, David is going to do something different. Now, see, where is his emotions right now? Now, where are they? The, how, how, how does David... How would you picture... Da- He's cast down. He's not happy. He doesn't feel like singing. He doesn't feel like praising the Lord. He, maybe there's even no reason to praise the Lord. Maybe I mean, and, and he's, he's here for he's here for quite a few psalms. You read before it says, "Why are you cast down?" In, in in the psalms before that, "Why are you disquieted within me?" He goes on and on. And my God, my my soul is cast down. He's talking about these things. He says, "I'm just poured out like water." Why? Well, well, how does he feel? He feels bummed out. He feels angry. Maybe he feels bitter. Maybe he feels rejected. Maybe He's not happy. Now, if you're going to wait to be happy to praise the Lord, guess what's going to happen? You just might as well forget it. So David is now going to understand that his soul needs to be talked to and his soul needs to be brought into line, not the other way around. Okay, why are you disquieted? Here's what, here comes the command. Something is going to rise up in David because he's been meditating on the word and he's going to command his soul now most of the time that your soul commands you I don't want to be bummed out I don't have to thank God I don't have to do this why are you doing that soul you need to say that why are you, why are you acting like I'm going to tell you what you're going to do you're still going to hope in God well, I don't want to hope in God. If God was here, how come I'm having to grind this stupid wheat? And my brother sold me in his life. So, I understand that. I don't know why that's going on. But your duty is to praise God. Your duty is to hope in God. You're seeing it wrong. You know what I don't? You will yet praise Him. I, there's been times, more than, probably most of the time, I don't feel like praising God. I don't feel like giving thanks. And I feel like I not going to do it because I think he's been mean to me. And I just, I, I, just, I wanted that cookie and I wouldn't get it. I'm just not going to give thanks. Now, I know your things are much more important than cookies. But there's a, there was a book, it's a worldly book. I, 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 didn't, I didn't read it. I saw it on some show or something. It says, everything that you've, anything that's important in life, you learned in kindergarten. There's, basically, that covers everything. You know, learning how to share not throwing the eraser while the teacher's in the room. These are things they all learned in kindergarten. Now, we, we expand those things, but they're really basically the same thing. So he says, I will yet hope in God, and I will yet praise Him, for He is the health of my countenance and my God. Now, where is his soul right now? Still bummed out. But he's saying, you're not going to think on these things. You're going to start speaking the truth. Even though it doesn't look like it, it doesn't feel like it, the Word is more necessary than your daily food, and these are the things you need to think about and meditate on. Now, we have these same exact things happening in our life. Here, God gives us, says, you will not walk in the, you know, walk in the way of the sinner, sit in the seat of the ungodly, under the scorner, but your delight is going to be in the meditation of the law. And here's going to come all these things that are going to come up in life and seem to be just, just totally 
God is lying to you. What do you look at that tree and look at your life? And man, I, soul, we don't believe those things, do we? Yes, we do. No, you won't. You will give thanks unto God and praise Him. And you're going to learn a few songs. You're going to sing. You're going to sing. Okay, so Psalms 103. David again here. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Who is David talking to here? He's talking to his soul. Why do you think he has to talk to his soul? It needs to be commanded. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Why do you think he's telling him to bless the Lord? Probably not blessing the Lord. Maybe thinking on some other things. Maybe he had a bad day. Maybe his... Bless the Lord and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Now you would think that would be enough, but the soul doesn't get it. Verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Have you ever forgotten the Lord's benefits? Well, do you know what you have to do sometimes? You need to remind your soul what your benefits are. Look at your life. Well, I have nothing to be thankful about here. Everything's going bad. So, what are your, what's your job? I praise the Lord. I'm not going to... You praise the Lord. And here's a good song. I will sing of the mercies. I don't like... You're going to sing of the mercies of the Lord. See, and you're going to bring your... You're going to bring your life by the transforming of your mind. By speaking and thinking on the word of faith that's near us. Forget not all his benefits. Not enough just to do that. This whole psalm goes on talking about the benefits of the Lord one by one. Does anybody know a song like that? Come on, what is it? No? Count your blessings, name them one. Now, how many people... We sing that at chapel sometimes. How many people remain bummed out as we sing that song? Do you ever remain bummed out? No, it, it, it's hard to say bummed out. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count, no matter how bummed out they come in, by the end of that song, most of them at least get a, like, you know, up to 75. But pretty much you yeah, count your blessings, name them one by one. Even if you don't know what they are, it's got, you feel pretty good. But he forgives all your iniquities. Did you forget that you're not going to hell? Do you forget that Jesus became sin for you? Do you forget that God forgave you all your sins and heals all your diseases? Did you forget He saved your life from destruction? He crowns you with loving kindness. He satisfies your mouth with good things. Your youth is restored like the eagles. The Lord executes. And He goes on and on and just keeps talking to His soul because there are some things I forget. See, I forget sometimes that God has placed me in the church. God has placed the orphans in families. God, sometimes I forgot that he that finds a wife finds a good thing. Sometimes I didn't believe that scripture. Then you read that and go, I have a choice to make. Is this true or am I true? Soul, what are you going to do? I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm not really... You force yourself to do the right thing. Okay, it goes on and on. And then at the end of it, bless the Lord. Now he's kind of feeling good. He's starting to get pretty, pretty good up here. He says, bless the Lord, all his angels. He's commanding angels now to praise God. Bless the Lord, all ye hosts. Bless the Lord, all you ministers. Bless the Lord, all his works. Bless the Lord in his dominion. Where does he end up? The hardest person to bless the Lord is your soul. Angels, praise God. Got it. Creation, praise God, got it. One place is stars and moons, praise Soul, don't you forget what I just told you. You've been forgiven. 
God is working in your life. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Psalms 104. Right after that. Now, he just heard that whole psalm and quite a few before this, blessing, telling his soul to bless the Lord. But again, we're forgetful hearers. So what, you, what are you going to have to do tomorrow morning? Probably what are you going to have to do in about 15 minutes? You're going to have to tell your soul to bless the Lord because common things are going to come up that are going to tell you God is not at work. Yeah. You, have been, you have a right to be bummed out. You have a right to be bitter. That I know what God says, but we know. How many, does you, is your situation always different than everybody else's? Nobody understands your situation? Well, Jesus has been through everything a hundred thousand times more than you could possibly understand. 